Okay, so um, how far are you into uh, the live action adaptation? Oh, actually, yeah. How far are you into the live action adaptation? And also, what sort of information do you have about One Piece overall in terms of in story wise? At least to the rest of that, it's just been nuggets of different arcs that have gone through, like over the course of the story, and especially over the course of the past couple of decades that the show has actually, or at least the anime and the manga has been around. Because mm-hmm. I was going back on different other pieces of pirate media or live action pirate media through the rest of it, like that I've seen in the span of me getting into anime in general too. Because it was like my entire relationship to One Piece is basically a handful of episodes that were on YTV, like for the 4Kids dub. (laughs) Yayo, yayo. And then when I was getting into anime late 2011, like early 2012, I was watching episodes of Bleach, One Piece, and Naruto like Uh, at the time, like weekly as they were going through. And I was jumping into the rest of it completely blind like an idiot. (laughs) So it was just kind of like... I knew these were the biggest three, so what they were happening <laughs> like inside of the stories, I decided to just jump on in. And I think it was Bleach was in its final Fullbringer arc. Naruto Shippuden was Bro, that's Naruto like so was far training his sage mode oh, okay. before the pain invasion. And then yeah. I don't have as much experience as the uh the names of the arcs for One Piece, but they it was basically the fisherman's island of the fisherman village where yeah. there's a oversized fish princess. And I can't Over- remember the name of it. Oversized Fish Princess. So that's like all the way. That's pretty. Uh, that is like not Fishman Island. Fishman Island is different. Yeah, that's that's like that's like post time skip arc. That's like oh, way. Yeah. Like that, it was definitely post time skip. Um, but it was so. like yeah, I didn't stick around for too long. But there were like a couple of weeks where it's like I would chime in, and it's like they're all underwater inside these air bubbles because, of course, like apparently Devil Fruit guys can't swim. Yeah, I think Me- it was the first time that luffy's conquerors hockey or or he Mm -hmm. might have that was the first time he showed it off maybe it's like officially in canon yeah that's the first time so like um yeah i think that was the name of the arc is fisherman island but anyways that's like way 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 deep in the series Um, and that was 2012 (laughs) yeah 2012 so like yeah so this is so that arc is like right after the time skip after like everybody like comes back and like you know we're we're the fresh new crew we're coming back we're getting the gang back together and it's basically just showing off it's basically like the arc that shows off like what they've been doing in the past whatever amount of time I think it's it's kind of a throwaway arc I understand like what what the purpose of it is but like it's not as compelling to me as like maybe some of the previous arcs in One Piece which brings us to the beginning setting sail for romance the dawn of romance. Because, yeah, know, this man. is it's it's really interesting considering that I know the pedigree of One Piece. I know that as mm-hmm. the years go by, at some point, it's like I know I'm going to be getting into it. And it, it's either going to be the manga or the anime or both. And it's always been a consistent bit where it's just kind of like, OK, maybe if Oda at some point like says, hey, guess what? This is the final arc or I'm like 90 percent of the way or he's got 100, 150 chapters left in him. Like mm-hmm. that's probably the only time I'm just going to be like, okay, time to binge. Time to sell this up. If Bro, you can't catch up on like 30 years worth of anime in like what in like one year. There's no and, way. And that's what one pace is for. That's what the manga it's a lot quicker to consume the manga in that case yeah. than the rest of it. It was either before one pace existed, odds are I thought I would probably just read the manga and the highlights of the fights of specific arcs and mm-hmm. moments that I feel would be elevated with sound in motion i would probably like go and like watch bits and pieces of that of that manga's arc in anime mm-hmm. form but then just right. jump back to the rest of it but now that right. one pace exists it mm-hmm. might just be something that i just jump into there yeah up to the point where it runs out of content and then like spring in the manga it's it sounds I, like a very blasphemous way of thinking, but no, to be fair, I think it's, it's a I think lot it's reasonable of stuff. Because, yeah, I think it's completely reasonable given like the length of the series as a whole right now. Uh, I mean, my partner right now is 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 went from like episode one all the way up to we are now into the four hundreds. We're like past. We're like we're at Marineford, which is like <laughs> the giga arc. Uh, so like all the payoffs like happening now, and it's like oh, it's good. I think. Somewhere around in like uh, Marine Ford and post Marine Ford is like when the Toei effect happens, where they start stretching out the source material across more episodes per manga chapter, 
and it feels a lot more sluggish to watch. So I think at that point, I would start reading the manga a little bit more. I, I would be more persuaded to read the manga rather than just watch the anime and then pick out the, the key episodes or key events to watch. Um, I'd argue that like even watching the first 300 episodes of One Piece are pretty good. Animation-wise, tonality, like, and also just like ease, ease of watching. I think like, okay, so like in watching, so like, oh, I don't know, where, where should I begin with this? Um, I think that in the, on, in the anime, I find a lot of enjoyment of seeing, I don't know, it just it's a very easy watch for the first 300 episodes. Like things are nice and quiet. It's not super, super dialogue heavy, but it's just fun. You can jump into it without having to think too much about it. Um, but it allows a lot of room for the world to be built out. There are Quite a lot of like... Yeah, quite the dichotomy in that sense where it's just like, man, it's it's some of the easiest 300 episodes you're gonna watch. It's like, oh, hold on. honestly though, like you can leave it on the background because like the characters, uh, like they're always gonna say each other's names like constantly, and you can kind of just like pick up. It's like a soap opera effect where like everybody, like everybody's roles are going to be explained or are implied already, and uh, the story is otherwise easy to get into. Yeah, it's not too complicated, not too dialogue centric. It's more like. A lot of these characters are, are spousing them about their their perspectives of life and their the moral alignment. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, the first 300 episodes, golden. I, I love them. I think uh, in watching the first episode of One Piece in the anime versus the live action, I noticed that the levity that's included in the earlier arcs, uh, they're just really fun. It's just like really light, really goofy, a little bit more on the camp. And it's just like, ah, oh, I can just accept it for what it is. Like, they're not trying to be cool. They're not trying to be, like, super grounded and serious. And they can just be... The series can take its own identity and just do whatever. Um, and I think that's the strength of One Piece. Uh, it's about, like, strong proclamations of emotion. Hence why Ichiro Oda, like, had his one shot called Romance Dawn as a reference to the Romantic Era. You know, on which a lot of these pirates uh, or these stories or the folklore of the pirates originated, where, you know, you had privateers and uh, buccaneers get out there on sea, trying to make a name for themselves and like feeling like, oh, just like espousing their grand ambitions for the world and what they wanted to do. That's the romance in Romance Dawn. Watching the anime just captures a lot of that. They have a lot of these like warm, grand, boisterous uh, sort of orchestral arrangements for the soundtrack and it just feels like it's a fun time like uh horn sections flutes i don't know like there's a really like personal charm to the soundtrack that i feel is missing the live action adaptation because i feel like the live live action adaptation really just wants to make itself feel grounded and serious because that was always going to be the concerning thing like leading into the rest of it considering that most live action pirate media towards the rest of it was already i i do kind of find it in that same vein where they try to balance the serious with the comical like through the rest of it between mm-hmm. between the adventures of tintin between treasure planet the goonies mm-hmm. of course the pirates of the caribbean stuff like coming from right. where it's not like i'm so much inside of like a general audience that hasn't watched a lot of anime it's like mm-hmm. i've i've seen too much for my own good the, mm-hmm. what i'm always curious about seeing especially with this kind of live action adaptation because if there's one of the only things that i do know about one piece is its tone mm-hmm. but outside of the grand declarations of emotion and the dynamic set pieces that they do involve towards the climax of a lot of the arts that people talk about it mm-hmm. is just that kind of goofiness that protrudes through the rest of it and for me that's what i was curious how the live action was going to be tackling that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the live action I find follows a lot more closely to the manga than it does to the anime counterpart, which I think makes sense. And also, then, like in terms of a live action live action adaptation, I want the staff involved to have their own interpret have their own shot at an interpretation of the story because I don't exactly want it one for one right but I wanted to be able to capture a lot of those same feelings does it feel like one piece and in whatever way you wanted to like lean lean towards um I think in terms of live action action adaptation there are a lot of things you can do like uh interspersing uh character moments with more dialogue because you have the screen time to do so I don't know it's and because the mediums are different, they're inherently going to just have different properties where, you know, 
in the anime, it's really, really easy to like get really wild with uh, character designs and like exaggerated emotions and expressions. Whereas the live action adaptation, it's a little bit harder to like pull it off um, without it coming off as very, very campy. But I find that even in the live action adaptation, I would prefer it to be campier. I would want them to just really lean into it and embrace, you know, the boisterous, silly nature that Luffy has uh, in tackling a lot of these serious issues where he's just gung ho, gonna go in there, guns blazing, uh, and figure it out. Yeah, because um, that's honestly one of the things that I did enjoy about it. And that's all surrounding uh, Inaki Godoy. Because I mm-hmm. will admit, it's. As considering that I don't have as much of a personal connection to Monkey D, or at least the animated character himself, mm-hmm. it's the tone that surrounds Inaki and his portrayal of Monkey, which kind of just does a phenomenal job in settling that kind of goofy, wacky sort of antics when, like, based on all the scenarios that are driven by Luffy himself. Like, whenever he's on screen and reacting, because the only reason why any of the overly serious stuff like goes through and the desperate in tone towards the really serious bits and a lot of the stuff that tries to bounce off of it. Inaki as, you know, as this character being incredibly rubber bounces off of all of the seriousness incredibly well, like with his portrayal of Luffy, because whenever he's on screen trying to go back and forth with a lot of the stuff, he does get a little like sometimes at the points where he does get serious, it doesn't necessarily feel like it is the most natural, but mm-hmm. seeing him in his portrayal of Luffy, like just completely and utterly be either oblivious or nonchalant to all of the quote unquote, like super serious campy subs in the background. Yeah. I feel like that's what makes it work mm-hmm. in that semblance. So it's not something where it's just a show that's, taking itself incredibly seriously because there's pirates inside of this, which means it has to be a drama. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Especially not with these we with these kinds of characters that you got rolling around. Especially not when Monkey D. Luffy is going to be your protagonist leading through the majority of these scenarios. It was he just did a phenomenal job, especially like bringing everybody else underneath his wing towards the rest of it in that kind of same vein. Not mm-hmm. probably to the one where it's like, if I had to compare him to, like, any other live-action, not necessarily anime adaptation, but character in general, he did give me a couple of vibes of, like, early Ted Lasso, where it's just his kind of infectious optimism that mm-hmm. bleeds into all, like, the seriousness of every character, where it's just, like, Nami and her dark past, Warren mm-hmm. Zoro, where he is the demon uh, mm-hmm. pirate hunter towards the rest of it, and he sails the seas looking for bounties to become the best swordsman. And then he injects himself towards the rest of it and he does a really good job inside of this live action adaptation to the point where that kind of infectious optimism that he brings towards the rest of his crew which then also gets amplified by Usopp just like makes a really good just tone and feel towards the rest of the guys that you got going around the show mm-hmm. I've only, I can only speak to the first episode of the live action adaptation I, I'm hoping that in the future episodes, I'm going to see a little bit more of the dynamics and like also deviations from from the source. Like I don't, I don't think I want like an exact one for one. I want them the characters to be fleshed out in their own interpretations. And I don't know. I can only speak to what I've seen. Um, I think the live action adaptation is in the right direction. I think that the staff is are they're really trying hard to capture some some of that magic, but I feel like it's missing out on. S- some of the execution. I, I think there are some dialogue scenes which I felt could have uh, feel a little stiff or uh, very heavy on like exposition or just require a lot of uh, I don't know. They're they're really just delivered like spoon feeding you the story uh, as opposed to allowing you the room to interpret it for yourself. And it's kind of yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah, Zoro's being also kind of a, like a little over serious. Half the over point, I can't like, even I can't even hear like half of the shit he's saying because it sounds like he's in a constant state angry. of mumble. It's, it's, it's like, like the Batman effect, right? Like where Batman's yeah. always serious. Um, but like yeah. in in anime, I mean in anime and in manga, Zoro is also goofy sometimes because he's you know there you know like in the anime there are always these gags that these characters have like Zoro getting lost all the time or you know. Uh, or even like Sanji uh, yeah, being a womanizer. That, yeah, you hope that they like not necessarily the womanizing part, but at least like 
like getting that kind of that would honestly be kind of hilarious if they if they bring that consistently get back into the case where it's like Zoro has probably one of the worst senses of direction in anime history. <laughs> at least that's what it's like. That's one of the only two things I know about Zoro is that he's got three swords which he carries one in his mouth and that he is probably one of the worst like navigate <laughs> navigatory like characters inside of animation period yeah so uh, it's it's nice that all the characters have their own gimmicks and and shticks uh and they get to get reused in different ways as the series progresses it's always like a nice callback to be like ah oh, yeah of course this would happen to you but but over a long running series it's just it's a fun little quirk or trait which i don't mind and i hope that i can see a little bit more of it coming through to the uh live action adaptation um, yeah, I, I still don't know how they did it, but somehow they made his uh, Santoryu, like his three sword wielding style. I was so expecting it to look dog shit. I was like yeah. so expecting him to be holding that sword in his mouth. Mm -hmm. being like this is like like campy in the worst kind of way, yeah. even though you know that's his character. You know yeah. that's his gimmick. But somehow after he puts on the bandana, after he like settles up, it's like, oh, shit. This works in this world. Up. Like this, this actually works in in this story. Yeah, I think in in, in the way they directed, uh, I guess like when he was approached by Broke Works uh, early on in the live action adaptation, which actually which shouldn't happen. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, I think what what they nailed right were a lot of the key poses for a lot of his uh, attacks, like his Onigiri and his uh, Tora, something, something along the lines. But like, just in the, his stances and how he holds his swords at the finish of a slash, is always like, oh, okay. Yeah, I see it now. I see it. It doesn't even have to be like a full shot of him like swinging the swords in his mouth or what have you. It's just like, if you can get on the key stances, it sells, nope. it sells me the motion. Those specific frames, yeah, those freeze frames that if you like put that towards the rest of it and then stylize it, it's like, oh, it's jumping off the page. Right. Uh, and it's also like there are a lot of like techniques that because if you watch the earlier episodes of One Piece, um, that's exactly how they did it because, you know, animation budget was a little thin. So they had to do a lot of like panning shots, zooms, you know, uh, voiceovers in order to add Stretch out the yeah yeah to add life to these to these otherwise still frames but it was enough it sells me the story and i'm happy for it uh in fact i really really miss that like less is more kind of thing where maybe the visuals don't need to be as like intense but you can add uh sound effects you can add like music that brings up the tone or more animated voices in order to elevate the scenes and that's enough for me and i'm, I'm perfectly okay with it even like and 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 leading to that effect, you could also use uh, in live action adaptation more dialogue, narration. I don't know, just different ways of delivering delivering the story. I don't know. I think the staff trying to do the series justice. It's yeah, just execution is a little is kind of lacking. I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, you can still feel that passion behind the rest of it. Like they all wanted to make this project work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just like yeah, the set yeah. pieces look really good. The character designs and costume designs look good. Maybe some of the delivery could be a little bit different. And another part of... Uh, I haven't seen maybe the rest of the live-action adaptation, but like also in how they handle the spirit of the series. So I think a lot of... And also like some of the ongoing themes in One Piece, I think, is found family. Because all of these characters come from diverse backgrounds and all flowing through with a yearning to find community, to find connection, and to find a crew. Uh, and characters you can trust, and I really would like them to, you know, slow the series down where you where they need to in order to have these characters have these backstory moments uh, and have having these sincere moments. Yeah, it definitely seems like they need, at the very least, they want, or at least like through AMVs and through like through YouTube shorts mm -hmm. and videos that have been popped up like over the past. Christ, 11 years like since I've gotten into anime where it's just mm -hmm. I haven't seen it but I I know the iconic moments I know yep. the pieces that will that might be able to happen inside of the eight episodes that we have in the first season and mm -hmm. what and what could possibly go beyond if they do decide to well not decide if they have the opportunity to make a second season but right. it's it's definitely those that will be like leading in through the rest of it where it's just 
it is always those individual moments that are also going to like have the opportunity to make the show shine on its own, which is definitely going to be something to be watching out for towards the rest of it into the future. Mm -hmm. I, I do like, to be fair, in terms of like introducing all of these larger than life pirates with huge belly bounties like on their heads, I do like mm -hmm. all the examples that they've been able to go to, which seems like it's going to be something that they do like leading into the future, like having their own... Uh, wanted poster like scroll across the screen and then have them take care of it in their own ways like between yeah. goldie roger between oh, of course i can't remember her name considering that she was only nami. on screen for about five minutes uh well not even nami um bellamy was it or Bell uh, uh, like the, uh, the big mace wielder like she's she was there for at least a little bit big mace. oh elvita Elvita, yes, that's it. Yes. So Elvita was there at the end of episode one. Like you had Buggy basically just like swipe the thing away from. It's like okay, get this, get this thing out of my face. I don't want it inside yeah. of my, yeah. <laughs> inside of my. But, uh, yeah, and like, and like just having Buggy be that sort of character it makes sense. It, it would. It, it probably didn't happen like in uh, in manga or in canon, but like it just makes sense that those characters would behave in that way, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for interpretations of the characters. I don't know, like. Uh, I think ending it at Arlong Park was a good time frame for the cover within like an episode eight episode series, but they're kind of, they're trying to adapt like fifty episodes at this point into into eight episodes. So I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm wondering whether or not like giving them an additional episode for a little bit more time so they can have some room to breathe would have been a little bit better. Yeah, it's uh, like it's not as bad as you would think, considering that it's. If we're talking about like eight episodes here with an hour long runtime, take away OPs and EDs and through the rest <laughs> OPs, of it, then you, EDs, recaps. Then you <laughs> recaps like uh, in, oh, in general, then that probably gives you 25 anime episodes to uh, time wise to the rest of it. But it's it is the same. That is the major challenge that they have to do for mm -hmm. because if, if they end in our long, I, I assume that's when all five are there, I guess. Uh, like they, at least all at least. OK, so. The main Nami, five, Nami, Luffy, Sanji, Zoro, at least those guys, and Usopp, of course, the main five are there, and then you get Chopper and everybody else after they've entered the Grand Line. But then at the very least, it seems like towards the rest of that, it would be enough of a, it seems like it's enough of a time frame to get those, get the first five together and like create a bond that'll be strong enough to last them the entire series. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's what I... It, at least that's what I hope is the case by the end of uh, the, the right. final arc. Let's see. What sort of takeaways could I find from watching the live action adaptation? Um, okay, so... What did you think about... Uh, or Sorry, I'll let you go in with that piece. Go for it, go for it. I, I was going to ask, like, in terms of... There's only so much that you can do with... in At least in the first episode, introducing Zoro and his swords. For, for, me, for me, mostly, it's his nonchalant fighting style through the rest of it, where it does seem like his live action version is just too cool to be in any room or any scenario that does not involve killing pirates. So he, yeah. like the nonchalance that he's able to show, that's also something that I did really enjoy throughout the rest of this is that it's, it's the choreography that they're able to like implement with the backgrounds, like make mm -hmm. Nami uh, like at least a force on her own where it's like, she's got her wits, she's got her navigational skills, but she also has the opportunity to fend for herself in the midst of combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but then, but having that, that opportunity through the rest of it, it was interesting to see uh, Luffy's powers because that's what I was curious. Where it's it, it's 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 an odd, uncanny valley to like fail that in mm -hmm. because you know his powers are cartoony. Like mm -hmm. I've seen him whip his body around with with the gum gum fruit and like just have that opportunity to basically just be able to either like inflate or like stretch any part of his body to that excessive degree. But I didn't know how they would be able to make that feel down to earth, but also cartoony in the same way. And yeah. I, I think they did a good job. I, it, I it, think it was okay. I, I think it was okay. I think with the CG nowadays, it's pretty passable. And I noticed that they, they, chose to be very selective of when they uh put up the cg they put it probably put it in areas where uh you can scrutinize it or the screen's moving fast enough that you can't like you know uh nitpick at it because um, that's what i was kind of concerned because the first pistol that he throws is in the dead of night and yeah. it's incredibly shaded yeah. i'm thinking so that's uh, like, like that's so how is that going to be in light right. which to so, be fair once they got to it in light it actually didn't 
looked too bad like in that mm-hmm. case yeah one thing that i also noticed that like a lot of the scenes were shot at in at night and it's really really dark and it's like in 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 anime or in manga uh, i guess manga doesn't really matter but like at least in anime it's very clear what, like what's going on but if everything's shot in the dark then it kind of like loses part of the charm i don't know that's my personal uh take on it it's been um, very dark i will admit like in the in episodes like two and three that i've seen is like why is everything just so bloody dark bland yeah, like, in and, the middle of night and it's right. just i don't know like I'm, I'm not really enjoying the rest of that but at least like for the first what i'm glad is that in the first episode basically thankfully all you get is elvita's ship and then him and uh what's his name kobe like mm-hmm. sitting on the docks, like just talking to each other about their dreams. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that moment in particular, it's like, mm-hmm. that's like, that's fine to just yeah. settle back and calm and prepare for the next day. Like having that shot in the dark with all the stars in the sky. It's like, oh, that's, that's really good to like mm-hmm. show the connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm kind of glad, like in the rest of that first episode, almost everything is in broad daylight. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just they, they built the setup, so you may as well use it. And I don't know, it's just fun colors, fun colors, get them out there, get them out there to see and having these fun adventures, vibrant, I guess, set pieces is like what I want to see. Uh, I so do like t- the t- fact that like t- towards the rest of it, like in broad daylight, you want the colors on the uniforms and the characters themselves to pop too, but then you're not mm-hmm. necessarily hiding any of the pieces or like anything behind towards where any of the characters are being shown like like specifically right. the the marine commander with the axe arm in the first episode towards that point where it's just sm morgan yeah he he looked well lived enough in the world where it's just mm-hmm. i don't know considering like most of it just comes off of whenever i think of xn morgan i think of uh, the nun piece episodes that i watched like that was also another thing that i ended up watching before even jumping into one piece entire it's not like, far basically, off. Like, like it's it's between that it's between the four kids dub and it's literally none piece by purpleized modifa and yeah. so just most of the episodes being focused around him like almost like there's i was thinking the good god i'm just gonna laugh my ass off as soon as this dude comes on screen mm-hmm. and surprisingly enough for a man that's just got an iron jaw and an axe for a hand he felt like he belonged in the world towards the rest of it they were presenting and it was a really good job to like make somebody that chaotic like fit in that case maybe armless but he's not harmless <laughs> definitely uh, not um so like uh, so another thing about tagging on to um maybe like um the talk that kobe and uh luffy had on the ship at night about their dreams and aspirations uh, those are the moments that I really enjoy most. And I think it's where One Piece shines. Uh, small character moments. And again, alluding back to the themes of romance, um, of proud declarations of like, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to aspire towards? And to un- unabashedly present them to the world. I think those are what I, what I would like the series to focus on um, thematically, right? To not be afraid of making those declarations and just... Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just a nice message to get across about pursuing your wants and desires and supporting those around you to make those those things happen. Um, because, you know, we have our we have our protagonist here who's making the probably one of the grandest declarations, you know, that he's going to be the best, the, the king of the pirates, right? The very head honcho, top, top man. Um, and he's only been at sea for a couple of weeks. A <laughs> couple of weeks, right? But that's fine. It's fine to dream big and just to enjoy the journey to get there. Um, and Luffy is perfectly okay. He does not care who laughs at him. He doesn't, you know, he's willing to just, you know, live his life the way he wants to. Um, and I think that's, that's very freeing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. more, more character moments like yeah. that I want. You can laugh at me, but don't laugh at my dreams. And yeah. And even worse, don't you dare laugh at my friend's dreams either. Yeah, so those are those are good. I don't know. There's okay. So um, another thing that also like crossed my mind is like about uh, tropes within characters and like what their shtick and gimmick is and like how they present themselves. Like uh, when we noticed when you talked about Zoro get, being always so nonchalant and serious and cool all the time, that's part of it. Yeah, but I also it's also like t- to make the distinction when the characters have their their, their switch turned on. Like um, when Zoro 
puts on his bandana and things like go real real serious like he, he means it right i think that there's small little like character gimmicks like that that like show us like okay this is like they're presenting differently now these are um, the signals yeah signals right or even like small times when like um luffy is defending the little guy in the room or whomever and he suddenly takes a slightly more serious tone it pans away from his face and like he just punches somebody and punches somebody uh like across the room like moments like that i think are, are good right and switching the tone really really quickly um mm-hmm. was there anything was there any like surprising like jump cut or like any any piece inside of the first couple of episodes that you think they should have let in as as uh, like an introduction or do you think like they're doing a well enough job to condense that entire piece into a digestible one hour chunk yeah, to introduce I th- these main three. So I think it's okay. I understand that they're trying to set multiple plot events in motion at the same time in order to, and for the sake of screen screen time and pacing, um, which is fine. They introduce uh, uh, Luffy just on a ship getting picked up by, I think, um, I forget how it was. Like, yeah. I think oh, in he- the, 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 what is it? The first episode of anime was like basically same deal. He's in a barrel. He's in a barrel. Alvita and-, and Kopi find him. And yeah. then, you know, uh, Kobe gets rescued by Luffy but from Elvita. And then then they go off and find Zoro because originally Elvita was looking for Zoro. You go from Zoro and Axe Hand Morgan into finding uh, Nami, I think it is, as their navigator. Because, like, Nami was on the same ship that Elvita was robbing. Yes. I think in the first episode, yeah. And uh, so it's a way to condense it all, like, to the point where it's like everybody's going to the same reason. Mm-hmm. And instead of Luffy going after somebody strong, because mm-hmm. Elvita was mentioning Zoro by name, mm-hmm. the fact that Luffy was in the bar in episode one, at least in live action, it's like, wait a second, who mm-hmm. who is that guy? Yeah, Damn, so strong. I want so, that guy in my crew. So the bar the bar scene is like an anime. Sorry, the bar scene is like, um, to my knowledge, uh, uh, a, a live, live action, action original. original. Right. So they're they're trying to form the introduction points for both Nami and Zoro at the same time, which is fair. That's okay. I think it doesn't change very much. But I think it like I don't know. In the bar scene, uh, Zoro gets an opportunity to show like that he is actually a really nice guy. So in anime. Zoro punches the Helmeppo for being being a douche to, to everybody <laughs> in the town. Goes. And then in order to protect the townspeople from uh, more uh, bullying from Helmeppo and Axan Morgan, he takes on their 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 punishment for them on their on his on their behalf on his behalf. So he goes in, gets captured on purpose for, for like a month or something like that, and then that's he's he's doing that to spare the townspeople of the wrath that they would incur. And that's where Luffy shows up to save him. So that's part of it. And then it's also getting uh, streamlined. I think, um, what should we call it? Not even gets introduced afterwards. Immediately afterward, after that arc. Yeah, I think like something along, like this is all, for, for me, this is all like trying to piece together like stuff from None Piece yeah. towards the rest of it, where it's like, I think they, you see Nami get reintroduced when they meet Buggy and his guys in the anime. Mm-hmm. And so they see her, but like Nami is consistently, I, I think Nami like ties up Luffy for some reason, or it's just not, not in the same reasons as the abridged does, but yes. um, it's, she is still like present towards the rest of it. And she's still looking mm-hmm. for something that I, I believe like Buggy must have through mm-hmm. the rest of it. But I don't know. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> just, just trying to like merge the rest of like what happens in the first couple of episodes of One Piece towards, uh, <laughs> towards the abridged. And and how like prominent a bridge stuff like was back in the, the early tens mm-hmm. towards the rest of when the copyright stuff wasn't completely <laughs> breathing down the necks of every ECMA single YouTube creator in like in towards the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's uh oh a lot of fan content has gone by the wayside. But you know, these are the times. We're living we're living the age of pirates now. Literally. Yep. Literally. <laughs> how do you think I watched this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopeful that they're able to cap- capture that feeling like I, I would watching the anime um, and just adding to it. I'm it's... not sure what more I could want from this or how I could ask. Like if, if, I, if I had like a perfect world where I could have my needs met, I'm not even sure like how I would, how I would ask for it uh, in capturing the feeling of One Piece of, or at least like the live action adaptation of One Piece. 
Mm-hmm. It's been quite the interesting like settle up where it's just everything leading into it where it's like, okay, I understand the people have the people in the production have the passion. Awesome. That's always been a case for every live action adaptation. It's like, oh, it's a really huge, popular Japanese title. It's like, yep, we've had those two and before, and they've come and gone. They've just been complete laughing stocks. Yeah. Like at the worst laughing stocks, at the best mediocre, what which is something that nobody is ever going to touch to like leading into the future and to the rest of it. It's just been incredibly tragic, especially over the past couple of years in between. Cowboy Bebop in between Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. The closest we got towards the rest of that as of late would have been Battle Angel Alita, considering that yeah. it did have a positive reception towards the rest of it, which is more you can say towards like any any of the other like live action products that have come out over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But it's um it's for somebody who's it's easy to say for me, since my expectations were so below the floor for this adaptation Mm -hmm. the fact that because of luffy's demeanor because of the way that they were able to juggle the serious the campiness the goofy and the heartfelt tones towards the rest of it at least after the first episode was something that i was genuinely surprised by and the fact Mm -hmm. that i am i've got a smile on my face and i'm laughing towards the rest of it as inaki and luffy and Emily Rudd is Nami, and fucking McKenyu's like grumbling Zoro, like drags himself yeah. across the screen. The fact that I'm still enjoying myself and having a good time with yeah. the adaptation, like inside of that kind of tone, is like more than I would have expected for this kind of adaptation, like, mm-hmm. but at all. I think so long as it's a fun series to enjoy, to watch and enjoy, like I, I don't mind it being different. I think at the end of the day, it's entertainment, and you know we would. We just want to be entertained. So I don't mind it to be what it wants to be. I would imagine it's a little tough for two as well, considering that at least because I know for you, this has been a series that you've been, you know. Uh, I've been growing up on this for for a long time. Years, just Um, years and years. We we were back in the, like, I was watching this back in the age when you get like Kaizuku, Kaizuku uh, fan subs was still around. And uh, that was like probably the peak of fan subbing. In its time, it was the peak. Uh, the the fan subbing team cared so much about the lore and representing the characters. They even gave each of the characters their own particular font in combat to make them feel like you know they're when they're announcing their large named attacks that it feels fun and bouncy and like I don't know. There's like there's a level of care that you just can't get in subs nowadays, and I really wish that we got more of them. They so. always, yeah, it always did seem to be the case that whenever I saw a clip on YouTube of pieces of One Piece, that it was always going to be the green, gomu gomu no, super bouncy, stretchy. Uh, like they would be One Piece attack. It would either be like the the words would expand or contract yeah. depending oh. on the move that he was using, and oh like Sanji's would also be like this fire touched French yep. sort of font towards any of his attacks and. Like Zoro's would either be incredibly like simple, like, italic something that would go across the screen, but then would be cut. Yeah, it'd be like a like rest. a like a cut slash. Like it had very angular, sharp points, like as though it was like a slash or a cut cut from a sword, and or like indicative of like kanji. Those were like it's just fun. It's just fun when the subject community like keys on that, and they're like, oh yeah, this is a. F- and like even after Kaizuku fan subs like uh, retired subbing One Piece after the official release came out, other fan sub groups adopted that same practice afterwards, anyways, uh, because it was just like a staple by that point. It was just like, ah, oh, you is... couldn't take that away. No, yeah, I don't know. I I really like a lot of things that One Piece does. Um, like things that are set up and getting paid off, like you know, hundreds of episodes, if not like hundreds of chapters, chapters and... away. Uh, and they're still getting paid off to this day. And it's like, wow, this is cool. This is like uh, leaving like oh, the way that Oda uh, adds bright from trails to a whole bunch of places and leaves them open for fans to interpret and to speculate, which is also part of the fun. It's like we're invited along this adventure to figure it out for ourselves. And they pro- and the live action probably couldn't have picked a better time like towards at least One Piece's notoriety like towards this time, considering mm-hmm. that A, it's in the back quarter like like hopefully like this might be like the final quarter of the rest of it or at least what social media tells me and then it's just 
everything that I've heard that's happening in the Wano arc, yeah. which is the most recent one, where it's just all the clips that have just been posted online, like all of like the big action set pieces and basically everything that what it seems like the studio and the country of Japan as a whole is like treating them like this arc. Because of course, like the manga is still uh, past that, but the fact that that arc in particular is getting animated to the degree that it is, mm -hmm. is just like bringing so much notoriety and just attention to what the what the anime was doing or has been doing <clears throat> at least like recently over the past year mm -hmm. for that adaptation only to cap it off with where it's just kind of like okay we're going to be bringing an entirely new audience to yeah. this franchise yeah in, i mean in the midst of which is either going to be a colossal failure which is what they expected but considering mm -hmm. like what it's been doing as of late and the response and basically whatever critiques that people have been giving them they haven't been saying that it at the very least the worst thing that you could do for an for for like an any kind of adaptation of one piece is just be boring and be yeah. something that is so easily consumable that you will forget about it in yeah. a matter of time and just like completely disregard it as any kind of other schlock that's been mm -hmm. coming out over the past couple of days so the fact yeah. that people are still to this point watching it to the degree that it is and still having a good time with it and being entertained especially when you're talking about a live action anime adaptation mm -hmm. that is a miracle in of itself yeah i mean it's better to be memorable uh than boring i'm looking forward to seeing what the team has to offer um so yeah and also in like terms of adaptations across the arcs um Animation styles change, studio staff changes for the animation team as well. And I've liked the format that uh, Wano, at least of, of what I've seen of Wano, Wano's arc being animated, uh, how they're approaching that. Because now it feels like a seasonal anime where they're being more selective with animation and animating, like spending the time to animate where they need to animate and not always just like pumping out like your weekly episode all the time. Um, I'm not sure if they're still doing that, but... I don't know. The quality, the quality is definitely noticeable. Has taken a noticeable improvement, which I'm appreciating. Or, or at least the energy that people have been like ingest or injecting into like that arc in particular, where it seems like there's so much back to back, at least bangers, or at least the, what it looks like the arc is reaching a climax at that point. In mm -hmm. in the fact that just everybody is going off the wall towards the like all of the secrets that are apparently like being unveiled inside of this arc and and what is essentially being portrayed is just right. what it seems like which unfortunately for me i've i've already spoiled myself but mm -hmm. it's especially like what it seems like they're doing right now is probably the best timing that they could have done in tandem for something that would have the opportunity to at least online bring that more to a grander world stage and a grander line of entertainment towards the rest of it i don't know it's it's definitely been interesting to see but if you, there was a franchise that you were going to do an adaptation for that and to do it justice i'm kind of glad that they decided to stick with it on one piece yeah that's good i there's just there's just a lot to like about it i and i think they could lean in a whole bunch of different ways they could make it goofy they could make it like more drama oriented like there there are a lot of ways to get like like flavor one piece um yeah it could be serious it could be goofy it could be a drama it could be like uh a moral it uses its characters to show off some virtues of uh things that kids or youth might need in growing up and i i, I appreciate that, those parts so yeah it's good um, I think if there's any like complaint that I would have over my experience in watching live action is that I would like more notable OSTs presented. Like I want, uh, I want those grand orchestral feelings coming up. Um, although I did note that uh, I heard Shanks, uh, oh sorry, Bing's sake getting played in the background uh, when they were at uh, the bar. Damn, <laughs> that Luffy and Shanks were at. I was like, okay, that's that's a nice nod. It's that's like the, that's the kind of deep cuts that you're looking for, especially for somebody yeah. like that, that has been a long running fan of uh, the series. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, no, like that is yeah. definitely like the whenever you have like those opportunities, just mm -hmm. even even though like in in the timeline it doesn't make sense, but to just slip that in there into a like vein where it's like, oh shit, 
yeah where is that tune coming from yeah so it's it's just like a nice nod for people who are fans of the series to like key in and be like ah that's that's nice that they included that but it's not so distracting that like it alienates the uh the new audience that's coming onto this it's the best. It's the best kind of reference, or, or like self-referential cut. Like it, it was the same deal for me when I was watching Arcane for League of Legends, where it's just kind of yeah. like they can throw a th- like a throwaway thing like on screen, where it's just mm-hmm. a it's one or two second reference, where you can have somebody be Leonardo DiCaprio and fucking Once Upon a Time at Home, and it's like pointing at the screen. Oh, like oh, yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> oh yeah, like orchestral notes are always just like a pleasant sight whenever they come around. It's fun. And I also want like those scores to have like personality. I don't want it just to be like uh, sitting in the background, um, not doing anything for, for the scene or I don't know. I, I want them to be like distinct, like great enough that I would let, listen to it on, uh, on my own. I don't want it like I don't want it to feel like it's just a generic track that's adding that's getting played in the background just to fulfill a, a mood. It's more like ah, this this is a theme that like sparks like uh, a scene in my mind or or this is a melody that like I can only remember with this key scene in this uh uh in the series, right? Those are the kind of like feelings that I want. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can only hope like in in the lead up to the rest of this that they do I'm uh, hoping that they yeah. do like uh like a like a interpretation this. of like uh we are or like an opening theme or like something like that. Oh my god, it's <laughs> it's yeah, it's always the meme status too, like through the rest of it. It's it does a good job on its own, like in, in the midst of it, depending on like what what arc just gets drudged out of the ground. Like yeah. like it, like it, 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 I don't know. It, it's always been memes, it's always been like pieces. That's that's only that's mostly how I've interacted with like one piece over the years, like towards the rest of it, considering that there's only so much of it that I know. From mm-hmm. an external perspective, from the osmosis where you're absorbing a lot of yeah. and through like you know red posts and memes, um, seeing yeah. how it's gone over the past eleven years, it's like oh yeah, no, it's, it's inevitable. It's... You you already know what's happening, um, but it doesn't spoil the, the the adventure. It doesn't spoil the journey. Uh huh. It, it's going to be the context. It's going to be like the gravitas of like all of the events that i know are going to happen but it's it's still always the underlying context that i'm always missing that's going to be how is like like how it evolves and like how it like pushes forward on that end it's like oh i'm definitely going to be curious mm-hmm. and i'm going to consume it one day one eventually day. <laughs> it's just the, it's just the fact that it is like the one piece anime slash manga is going to be the fourth in line in terms of content as to like how where it's like how many different renditions of one piece did it take for you to actually finally jump into the main story proper and it's like yeah uh, one piece was my fourth option <laughs> it's it's an was my fourth <laughs> oh my I'm, lord i'm sure in like 2030 we'll get some adaptation that is to your liking and you can consume it in that manner and i'm pretty sure the series is going to keep on going at least until then um, if Oda says that he's entering the last quarter or the last like 10% of the story, it means he's going to be writing for at least another six or seven years. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, he's know. not going to be exact about it. It's like, he's going to be <sighs> generally vague. It's like, this is about the last ish part of my story, which will be concluded soon ish. It's just god damn it. Is this where I go? Is this where I bait myself? And it's like, yeah. It's I'm so curious. Yep. It's such an enigma of a franchise to that point. Because I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see like how they how they line up the rest of it. But uh oh yeah, no. Yeah. Like for something as large as this is and how they're going to even have the opportunity to conclude like it's not in the same vein not in the same vein as evangelion where it's just kind of like it's like how do you wrap up something with that amount of time and that amount of like rough edges to to a point where it's satisfying it's just mm-hmm. like yeah no it's it's kind of crazy like i'm really curious to see like how 
One Piece moves forward because even though like we still can't see the ending, it's still like a ways away. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. Oda's Oda's cooking, and I'm a, I'm gonna let him cook. All I know is that I hope I can see the end of One Piece before the end of my lifespan, which is likely, provided I'm gonna live an, at least another five years. So my odds are pretty good right now. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think the seas will rise and give like section two an east blue and a grand line in, the, in, in our <laughs> lifetimes. <laughs> we know the seas set, are rising. Set sail. <laughs> but we are going to have the opportunity to go and find our own treasures on the <laughs> Christ. Wow. Like, what, like cool. what would that? What would that grand line be? Like, I, I don't probably across the Pacific. Anyways, we, we got to get our ships out there and we're gonna go find the One Piece because it would it is real. Yep, as the fishing has been teaching us over the past couple of years or so, it's especially like when we were able to go and set sail on our own, that yeah. was. There's only so much we can do, but yeah, no, it was it was a fun time. I'm glad I'm having as much fun with this series as I am, but there's only so much we can go, and we're just gonna have to wait and see how the rest of the adaptation leads on and what uh, what the general consensus of it is gonna be. If it kind of like keeps the momentum that it's got going, which is hard to say since it's it all got released in one batch, but at least beyond that, will it be something that garners enough favor to like do another season? And at the very, and if it does or doesn't, that's probably fine. But at the very least, like from the first episode alone, I could definitely see like people on their own, like getting into one piece as a whole, just because of this adaptation. And that's, and that's all that I could ask for. Just having, having more people join the community, is always a good is always good news having a variety of pieces of a variety of adaptations that where you have the choice in how you want to get into the series also good and in future there may still be another adaptation on its way so you know never count it out and if not we can always just move on to the next of the shonen big three go good god we've got the japanese like bleach and I, I can't remember if there was a Japanese Naruto live action adaptation, but no, nah, I think we're good. We're good. <laughs> I think we're good. Until the next adaptation.